0: to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka M F K S Radio on the airwaves Style at four eighty seven fifty two. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are long distance lovers.
1: The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Um oh my God,
0: Megan reunited and it feels so good. It does
1: feel so good. Except that like it's actually twelve thirty seven in the morning. <laughs> uh, and I'm in Nova Scotia. You are. And you are still in Edmonton. Or back in Edmonton, I I guess, because you've been jet-setting around wherever you've been jet-setting around. Yeah, Um,
0: as I said on Twitter, I'm back in Edmonton, and back at my bullshit.
1: Are you uh, still doing the, uh, the ukulele thing?
0: Oh my god. We've been traveling so much, and it's been so nonsense, that I legit have not been able even to touch it for... Now it's going on three weeks. Okay. It's ridiculous.
1: So the thing that we were gonna do for training camp, maybe we should leave it till like season opener then, right?
0: Yeah. So I we have a little bit more time. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Well, that'll be fun. Um, so yeah, I'm in I'm in Nova Scotia and Calgary's uh, in Edmonton, and this is on uh, speakerphone on my phone, and hopefully it works. And if it doesn't, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't think we really have people that are committed to the quality of this podcast, so it's fine.
1: It's true. I mean, there's people in our our mentions uh, for questions suggesting, like, ridiculous hockey trades, so, like, really, anyway. um, We'll get to that later. Um, First things first, uh, let's talk about some sports.
0: And uh, on our schedule here, all I have is there's a lot of off-season nothingness happening yeah a lot of the questions are about specifically did we forget about dry
1: and kelsey's answer is no we fucking didn't (laughs) like how we
0: could never no
1: no we could not i think maybe the oilers did
0: yeah i don't know what's happening there it was so funny to see people updating like rumors on twitter and there specifically there was one I think it was last week where some guy was like, he turned down this money. And you're like, um, you have 10 followers on Twitter. I don't think you have an insider into what's happening with this deal.
1: No. Um, A lot
0: of hearsay happening.
1: Tons. And uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen?
0: Um, I'm so tempted. Like, I did that thing on Twitter. Where I was like, everyone should in love letters. And I'm trying to, like, tweet at him. <laughs> like, please sign. We love you. And he has his DMs open on Insta, and I'm, like, super tempted to just be like, hey, what's up? like, what's happening
1: with this? Um, he's got open DMs. Whoa, 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 time out, time out. He has open DMs on Instagram, and you haven't already been blocked from sending him too many things?
0: Oh my god, how dare you? (laughs) You know I'm a passive-aggressive communicator of love and affection.
1: (laughs) Something like that, yes. Um... (laughs)
0: If if these
1: if these people we ever talk we talk about ever listen to this, we're just it's going to be mortifying for both of us.
0: Yeah, I've made my peace with
1: it. Yeah, I suppose I probably should do the same. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, really, like, let's be real here. If you search for Taylor Hall on Twitter, um, my profile pops up next to his. Uh, Which
0: really is probably the most jealous I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs>
1: But, like, that also means that if he ever searches for himself on Twitter, which I feel like he probably does, because, you know, they do those things, um, he's seen that and is maybe probably a little weirded out by it.
0: Um, I don't know. I think it's all part of the job, is it not?
1: Maybe. I don't know. But, like, if you're listening, buddy, let us know. (laughs) we would love to have you on the show. And then, and then we'll stop. (laughs) Right (laughs) into our
0: DMs.
1: We, we've also promised if we get Taylor Hall as a guest on this show, that'll be the last show. So if you want us to stop talking about you, you know what to do.
0: <laughs> or if anyone listening has any connection. Avery. And you and you really want us to stop doing this, you know what to do. Yeah,
1: work your magic. Make it happen. Um, is that all we got for sports?
0: I think so. So, uh, other than I'm assuming that you're watching baseball and following Aaron Judge.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's been tough because I've been traveling, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, but he hit his 36th home run tonight, and uh, yeah, it's been good. He's been in a bit of a slump. The Yankees aren't playing very well. Their pitching sucks right now. Um, but it's okay, because baseball is still fun.
0: Can you still meet a winning team with a shitty pitcher but amazing hitters?
1: Um, sort of I think I think more often than not you lose a game because you run into good pitching
0: Right. so in
1: order to counter good pitching you have to have good pitching Um, and I was talking to my dad actually last week because of course he's a Yankees fan too and we were talking about how they're not great right now and uh, he made the comment that in baseball, unless you're really, really good like the Dodgers right now or, like, really, really bad. Um, you'll win – every team will win about a third of their games and they'll lose about a third of their games. And then it's what they do with that other third that sort of determines how well they do and how good they are. Right. Because, um, I mean, baseball, they play so many games, right? They play, like, 162 in a season. So, like, you're going to – that I think that seems fair. You're going to lose at least a third of them. Regardless I mean, I think even the Dodgers are probably going to lose close to a third And they're very, very good Um, And so it's what you do with that extra third That other third that that sort of matters And I guess if the Yankees, you know, in the next However many, however long until the end of the season Next six weeks go, you know, win two-thirds of their games They'll probably be just fine Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But I don't know if pitching can get them there I'm not sure if their pitching staff can get them there We'll see what happens how close is playoffs? Um, usually, I want to say the regular season, I think, goes now until kind of like the first week of October-ish.
0: Okay.
1: And then the wildcard game is kind of at the end of that first week of October, and then the divisional series, the the league championship, and then the World Series. And so, like, last year, I think. I want to say that the Cubs, um, the Cubs and the Indians, their uh, game seven, I think, was on November the 2nd or the 3rd
0: a longer season than I'm gonna say is necessary
1: um well yeah and I mean it, but they play so many games right cause they start like end of March sometimes like right at the end or early April
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: it goes yeah till November it's
0: just too many games man
1: it is it's a lot and I mean if you're a committed baseball fan that's a lot of games
0: that's a like even NHL like 82 is way too many Yep. So I can't imagine doubling that.
1: No, it's 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 definitely a lot. Um, but yeah, so anyway, okay. I don't know. I I don't have any other sportsy things. uh yeah, like I said, I've been traveling.
0: Isn't it so freeing to not have to watch or think about sports?
1: It's kinda nice, yeah, I'm not gonna lie.
0: Especially to not like well, there's bigger things to argue with people on the internet right now, but um I don't know, it's just... It, oh, it's so nice, man. It's just so freeing up a lot of my heart and my mind. I don't feel tense. Oh, it's a beautiful thing, feeling. But tell me about your travel.
1: Um, so, like I said at the beginning, I'm in on Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia. Um, mm-hmm. In a small town called Mabu um, on the western side of the island, just south of Inverness. And um, it's wonderful. and if I could just stay here forever, I
0: might. So what is so wonderful about it
1: specifically? I like small towns, an awful lot and I always kind of have. but it's just there's just something about here and I mean, I know like I know that it's very isolating because of you know, especially in the wintertime the weather can be um, very isolating for people in these small towns, but like the landscape is beautiful. and like just today, um, my friends and I we drove the Cabot trail which if you ever get a chance you should do it's remarkable um and we stopped all along the way and just took a pile of pictures and we hiked the skyline trail and got this like gorgeous vista for um photographs and like it's just it's phenomenal and like we stopped for dinner um in this little town called neil's harbor and we had uh like a seafood dinner i didn't have a seafood dinner because i don't particularly like seafood but i had the scallops and they were delicious um but it's just it's just a kind of a way of life I think that I like a mm-hmm. worker, and it's just beautiful.
0: Is it or was it very packed with tourists, or is it pretty cozy and dead
1: right now? Uh no, it's still pretty busy. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a very and I mean I think now because like the the Cabot Trail a lot of it is in the Cape Breton Highlands National Park. Um, and so because of the Canada 150, um, and so all the free admission into stuff, I think there's a lot of people kind of everywhere at those places. Right. Which is fine. Um, and it's nice that people are getting out and and using the parks and the historic sites and things like that. But, um, yeah, there's been a lot of people like at the, today, the, the skyline trail that we hiked, um, and I'll make sure to send you a link to that so you can stick it up on the post for this. Um, there was, there was, uh like a parking attendant when you first got into the trailhead. Um, and then someone else kind of directing you where to park once you got to the parking lot. Um, and the way that the the first parking attendant phrased it, it sort of sounded like if they didn't have any parking spots, like they wouldn't let you on the trail.
0: Uh, well, that makes sense. Which that makes sense, really? but but
1: I'm not sure if it's if, if, if this year is a kind of a special thing because you don't have to pay, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But it's been very busy. There's lots of people kind of everywhere. Um, right. But out here, yeah, it's just wonderful. And, like, I went out last night and I took some pictures of the stars, like, um, out in the yard of the house that we're staying in. Because we're just staying with some friends of my mom's. um, And, yeah, they live out on an acreage outside this town, little town. And so it's dark. And I took some pictures of the stars, like, in the front yard. That's and it, awesome. And it was amazing. And tomorrow night, if it's clear, um, I'm going to go into town, or closer to town anyway, and go to the boat launch. Because it looks out... um into the harbor, and then out into open water. Um, And so if I can get it all lined up just right, it'll be spectacular.
0: Which is so nice, because it's so hard. Like, you usually have to travel all the way out to Elk Island, and even then it's not even easy to get, like, totally free light pollution star pictures.
1: No, it's, it's it's not. I mean, it's dark, but it's not dark like it is out here yeah um and so that's that's been kind of good but yeah it's been it's been a good good two weeks we left on july the 30th and i'm coming home on august the 26th
0: that's nuts
1: now yeah we still have almost two weeks like i
0: guess that's so you know, that's so far to be away don't you miss your bed
1: i do i cannot wait and so then the morning that we left i put on clean sheets um, oh, of course you did. Because I was gonna put clean sheets on the day before and sleep in them for a night, and then and I was like, no, nope, that's ridiculous. So I put on clean sheets that morning. That's
0: gonna be so
1: nice. Oh, it's gonna be the best. And like everything is washed. The only clothes that I have that aren't washed are the stuff that I have with me. Mm-hmm. Everything else is clean, like pajama, everything. And so I can just go home and like do that laundry, like like travel laundry, when I get around to it. Oh, it's gonna be so good.
0: Which, like, is a really fast turnaround for you because you start work on the Monday.
1: I do. I go back to work on August the 28th. So, yeah, I have, like, a day to get my life in order. And part of that, I booked a massage for myself on the 27th. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: Could you be any smarter? I don't think
1: so. Just living it up. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so um, we've also, uh, in terms of travel and stuff, um, you were in Jamaica at the end of July. I was. And how was that?
0: It was really, really nice. Um, I've kind of tried to explain it to people as to sort of my preferences based on it, um, based on my experiences kind of comparing it to Mexico. Because I went to Cancun uh, for my honeymoon um, in uh, February 2016. So what I was trying to kind of explain is that I preferred... Jamaica on resort and Jamaican people, but I preferred Mexico off resort to Jamaica off resort. So it's like a weird kind of dynamic, but our resort was really, really wonderful and amazing. Sometimes the food is problematic because it's very hard to get like vegetarian options that aren't just like a piece of cucumber for dinner sometimes. Um, but, uh, the ocean and the beach was wonderful, the weather was hot as fuck, but we were there for a wedding, and the wedding was beautiful, and we got to spend a lot of time with the family that we were there with, and it was just real good, man. It was, it was real nice, it was a free trip, so I really can't possibly complain about it.
1: Oh, that's awesome, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, and where else have you, uh adventure this summer
0: uh well within from august or sorry from july because i went to jamaica july 22nd to the 29th and then from the 29th to the 7th so in those whatever 10 days i was on 11 flights three boats two trains and then probably about eight taxis and ubers so it got like real nuts between coming home from Jamaica and then now, uh, because we came home from Jamaica, went to the Bruno Mars concert, which was fantastic, and then had two days here, and then went flying again to Durham, North Carolina, for 48 hours, legitimately less than 48 hours, which was bonkers. And then from there, on the Friday, we had to get to a wedding in Salt Spring Island off of Vancouver Island by Saturday at 1 p.m. That's, so that was real, real nuts.
1: That's like your own planes, trains, and automobiles.
0: It 100% was. And the only travel part of it that did not work or did not work out was on our way to North Carolina because there was this huge storm that didn't do anything but was hanging over New York and all of the connections... And flights were grounded in Newark, JFK, and LaGuardia. So we had, like, a shit show of being rescheduled onto flights that were canceled to being rescheduled to canceled. And men just ended up flying through Cincinnati, which is just, like, a wonderful airport of dreams and magic. Because they had vegetarian food and plug-ins and it was empty and no bathrooms. And Toronto's Airport just fucking sucks, man. It just fucking sucks.
1: It really does, yeah.
0: So that was, that was real cool, and um, it was exhausting but really fun. We um, went to Duke University because my husband was doing um, a course there for his sports medicine um, studies that he's doing for the next year. So that was really, really neat because Duke and Durham, I did not expect this, or I guess North Carolina, is like all for it. Oh. I don't know what I expected, but it's, like, legit, legit forest
1: everywhere. Like, did you expect maybe, like, more, um, more farmland, or...
0: Yeah, I, because, I, I thought of it as, like, I don't know, does it count as the American South?
1: Well, kind of, I guess. It's, like, like it's, it's getting there.
0: It's getting there, right? Like, it's, I think South Carolina definitely, definitely would, but... It's just like a, I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect that. And, like, Duke itself, the neighborhood is actually called Duke Forest because there's just trees there that are naturally just, like, four stories tall. And it's every piece of ground that isn't a house or a tree or a sidewalk or a road is legit forest. It was just nuts. But it's also land of spiders and bugs, and I super didn't appreciate that.
1: Right. And then and I saw my
0: first cockroach, which was real exciting.
1: Oh god, cockroaches! The first one I ever saw was in Australia. It was dead, thank God. Um, it was giant, and I—it was on top of like a wardrobe in this room that I was staying in, and I was like, "I am not sleeping in this room."
0: Yeah, it really wasn't cool. It was about the size of a Kinder egg. Oh, gross! Like not that whiz, but like the length. Oh. And then spiders everywhere, which I'm super not crazy about. And that Airbnb that we were staying in, there was a spider on the last night in, like, the corner of the little kitchenette. And I was like, Chris, I'm just going to walk out of the room, there's a spider in that corner, do your business. And it was like, every time Chris tried to hit it, it would legit jump three and a half feet, like, launch itself and jump away from him. And I, I almost had a breakdown and died
1: was awesome. cool, man. Yeah, I um I killed um well I didn't kill I like, captured a spider the other night, um and put it in like a container and then we put her in the forest. Um,
0: You're much braver than
1: I. Well, she was really big, and the reason that we had to move her was because she kept making her web from like the door frame across to the railing to the stairs to go down from the apartment. Um, mm-hmm. And so. As part of our travels, um, my friend Riva and I, who we've talked about on here before, we drove out to to Boston and then up to Portland, and then we took the ferry from Portland um, across to Nova Scotia uh, to see our friend Shauna, who got a job in a small town called Shelburne. And so that's why we're out here. And so Shauna's with us right now, and we were traveling around for however many days was our plan. Like I think the three of us together, I think it's like 10 days or something. Um, and we were like, how big is that spiderweb going to be when Shauna gets back after oh my God. 10 days? So we moved her. We called her Charlotte, of course. Um, and we moved her. Oh,
0: of course.
1: We, and we moved her and, and Shauna went and put her in the forest. Um, but we tried the night before to get her and she got moved real quick and like jammed herself kind of in the door frame, and I couldn't get at her. So I had to wait till the next night. Um...
0: You're so much braver than
1: I am. Well, I told you about the time that I, like, picked up a mouse by its tail, right? No. Okay, so, so side note, no more travel stories. We'll go back to them in just a <laughs> second. So, at Christmas time, There, I got home one day after work, and, uh, there was, like, a rustling in my bathroom, um, and I just had, like, a package of toilet paper just sitting on the floor, um, and there was a mouse in behind there. And I freaked out, because, as one does when they see a mouse in their house, and, um... I didn't know what to do, and I tried to like kind of corral it towards the door because I clearly didn't want it like going up the stairs. So anyway, and then but then I had I had a haircut appointment and I had to go. So I was like, oh shit. So I left and I came back after my haircut, um, and I couldn't find this. Oh my god, you left. I had to because I had it was anyway the whatever (laughs) anyway. So I left, Um, and I came back, and this mouse had like gone up to the kind of by the front door. And it was, like, rooting around in my shoes and stuff that were over there. And then when I came in the garage door, um, I went and I heard this noise. And I went and found – I grabbed a broom and I found this thing. And it was, like, climbing up the runner up the stairs. Oh, boy. And so I hit it with the broom because I was like, you are not going up the stairs. And then it was kind of, like, stunned. And so I picked it up by its tail and I just flung it out the front door. Wow. And then – I came and then I had to go meet my dad because we were doing some Christmas shopping and then I came home um, the next night and I didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything uh, or that night. And then um, the next day uh, I came home from work and there was like rustling around again and I heard this mouse and then I like chased it, it and it went into the closet in my front hall and it was terrifying because um, I was like, oh, God, now I'm going to like find a mouse carcass in there. Um, but then, I just left it alone, I set a trap, and nothing happened with the trap, but I came home, and the next day from work, on the Friday, and there was a dead mouse in my hallway. Oh. And so I think it was the same one that I threw out the door, because it didn't kill him, obviously. <laughs>
0: She's like, you ain't killing me today! Yeah,
1: but then he died anyway, so. Um, oh. That was lots of excitement. The guys at work were very impressed with my, my bravery, uh, <laughs> which I thought was funny, but anyway. Um. Well,
0: similar to that, when we were in Salt Spring Island, we were staying in this like a very idyllic little cabin, essentially, and which was very idyllic if you're into that thing, but for me was just a spider nightmare. And I had gotten three days, four days before that before we left Canada, um a brand new phone because my five c officially just
1: oh you have a new phone that's exciting
0: I have a new phone and I don't have a case yet I have like the glass um tempered glass on the screen but I don't have an actual case for it yet because I ordered a very nice and stylish one and it hasn't arrived yet
1: it has a picture Um, of Taylor Hall on it doesn't it (laughs) sure sure it
0: does
1: (laughs) oh
0: (laughs) (laughs) but I was in in this this bed, just like because there's great Wi-Fi there, which was wonderful, but zero cell reception, which didn't make any sense to me. Um, and I was just scrolling through whatever was fucking Twitter, and around the back of my phone to the front, fucking crawls a spider. And my first reaction for my brand new iPhone is to throw it across the room.
1: Of course. Of course.
0: And then I it took me about five minutes to calm down before I was able to, straight up for 30 minutes, just laugh hysterically because my husband had no idea what was happening and he, we're in this, like, 10 by 10 room and all of a sudden my phone goes flying into the wall and I'm <laughs> screaming and he's like, oh, my God, we're being attacked. <laughs> like, what is happening right Being attacked now? at your
1: hippie commune?
0: Yeah, exactly, by, I don't know, someone carrying dreads or something, I don't know, It's just brutal. Um, But yeah, it was just like, so I admire your bravery, because I couldn't have handled any of those situations.
1: Well, I don't know, I also don't have someone to, like, look after them for me, so I gotta deal with them myself, you know. Um, That's part of it.
0: That's true, but I just, like, I don't
1: know. Chris wasn't exactly pleased about it. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, so since you've done all this traveling this summer, and I've done a bunch of traveling, like we put on on the car like five thousand kilometers to get from Edmonton to Shelburne, Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. and that included like a ferry ride that we took. Um, so, if anyone is interested, if you want to see like what what we've been, what I've been up to, anyway, this month, um, you can go on my Instagram at MiG-14, um, and just search, and, like, all of the days have, like, multiple pictures for, for each post or whatever, um, which has been really interesting and and kind of fun. That was, like, a good recap, um, but since you've been doing all this traveling this summer, what do you love about traveling, and what do you hate about it? Uh, Um, I'll let you mull on that for a sec. Because I have my answers already. Because I thought okay. of the question while you were telling your spider story. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I love about traveling is like I don't necessarily love like getting to experience a whole pile of new things because I find that very overwhelming. Um, right. But I like being able to like learn new stuff about different places. Mm-hmm. Um So, for example, a thing that I learned. Um, when I was in Boston last week, nope, the week before last, um, is that the American revolution started in Boston and how I learned that is literally everywhere I went. Um, something somewhere was about how the American revolution started in Boston, uh, which like, I think people who believe that the American revolution started in New York are probably like, mm, maybe not. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> but it's just, it was a very, like, it's just a very, very interesting way of looking at things. Um, we also went to a museum in in Saint Paul, Minnesota, um, where it was Saint
0: Paul, Minnesota.
1: Yes, right. exactly. Um, where there was an exhibit about um, World War One and, and Americans' involvement in World War One, and it was fascinating, just the language in some of the interpretation of events, because like obviously oh, okay. our our history of World War One is very different from American World War One history. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just really interesting to see, like, the certain um, pieces of information that the curators chose to display and be and have place, you know, like, significance and importance over and others. And
0: how to communicate that, right?
1: Yeah, and so I found that really interesting. Um, the thing that I hate about traveling, and it's been a lot easier this time because we drove, and so, like, the time zone thing hasn't been a huge issue... Um, cause we're going like one time zone at a time instead of, mm-hmm. you know, three hours all at once or four hours all at once. Um, the thing I really hate about, about, tra- uh, traveling is like, is time zones <laughs> to be perfectly yeah. honest because like, and it's been really interesting now that we're out in, in, the Atlantic time zone cause it's three hours ahead and like, I forget. And so like, I'll text somebody at like eight o'clock in the morning here and they're like, Oh shit, it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah And vice versa right like I'll get you know People are like texting me and I get I'm getting texts at like Three in the morning which they don't Wake me up whatever but still And then people are like why aren't you answering I'm like because I'm in Nova Scotia leave me alone Yeah for sure um, And so sometimes that's just tough and also like you know Just even to be in touch with like my parents or whatever It's just the timing is hard And I found that too when I was in Ireland um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So what about you What do you like and what do you, what do you love and what do you hate
0: Uh, What I really love about travel is, uh, similar to you, just the the freedom to sort of pursue knowledge about something that's absolutely new to you. Like, I thought it was really interesting um, to, maybe this is, you know, a naive thing to do, but Chris and I don't really do a ton of research about the places we're going to. We like to sort of discover as we get there. So, like, really not knowing about North Carolina, like, actually what it looks like and what it feels like. And I I really like that because it allows you to really experience a place in a sort of unbiased way. Uh, But when I'm somewhere new, I usually am following Chris around the country, usually. Um, And that means a lot of my exploration happens alone. So, I really like to walk places and I really like to experience art and culture. and I feel like that's a really interesting way to um, understand uh, a culture and a society. So, like, at, in North Carolina, what I did with my day is I went to the Duke uh, Museum of Art. Oh, cool. And that, that was just really interesting to see what kind of collections that w- they would have and to really be impressed by the extent of it and how... Well endowed, their arts program is because I expect it just to be really a sports school. Right. But they had pieces there that were from like first century BC, and an extensive, extensive collection that really surprised me. So, it like that's you know that's a little bit um, of a very specific thing about that place only. But then we we walked into town and saw. Um, how the tobacco district is really a big part of their downtown and that's something that they're proud about. And, you know, it's just like kind of the things that you get to experience with really fresh eyes. Uh, it's really what I like to do. And that's what I really love about travel. What I really hate about travel is uh, I like, as I said, kind of like using a home base and like walking around and experiencing things as a, 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 a resident or as a citizen. What I hate is that part of, from the train station or the airport or whatever, where you're getting to your home base. Like, when you just get to the new place and, like, you really have zero orientation whatsoever. Okay. I hate that. It drives me nuts. It makes me so stressed. It makes me really uncomfortable because I just feel super vulnerable because especially when you're in an airport, guaranteed, like in Raleigh, 99.9% of the people on that plane from Cincinnati were residents. Yes. Like, no one else is there and doesn't know what's waiting for them on the other side of the plane.
1: Right, okay.
0: And I really don't like that immediate, like, fully immersive part about being an outsider and, like, finding a taxi and, like, getting to the place that's your home base. That all freaks me out. But once I'm in the home base, I love that.
1: See, and that's the thing with, like, the road trip style that we're doing. Like, on the way out, um, we spent one night in every place until we got to Boston, then we spent two. Mm -hmm. Um, And so every day was like that.
0: I know, and, uh, yeah, I really don't like that. At times it can be nice because you're just, like, constantly on that phase of discovery. So you don't really have that time to be like, oh, where are we going now? Because it's just what you've been doing for five or six days straight. Yeah. But uh, I just, I really don't like Well, like,
1: one of the things we discovered um, on day two, I guess, yeah, day two, um, was the world's largest buffalo statue um, in Jamestown, North Dakota. Um, This thing is, like, 26 feet tall. What? Like, it's giant, and I think it's, I can't remember, or 36, I don't know, it's huge. Anyway, like, it was so tall that when I stood underneath the chin of the buffalo, my head, top of my head didn't actually hit the chin um like it was huge um it's rare
0: for you to be like a short (laughs) thing
1: yes exactly right and so so that was kind of cool but like we just happened we saw the sign as we were driving through because we stopped to get some groceries um and we were like oh my god we have to go like we have to go see this thing right and so we went to see it and and whatever and and stuff and so like we kind of discovered like some of those things right um which is kind of fun but like that the yeah like getting to your hotel or whatever like because we were doing it every day every day so when we finally got to Boston and we got in on the Thursday night we went and found a place to eat that was not far from where we were staying and then we parked the car until Saturday yeah and it was so nice to like explore the city in a different way and so we did like one of those hop on hop off tours and so we got to see all kind of the highlights we had tickets for the baseball game that night and like it was the Red Sox and the White Sox and let me tell you that was like probably the worst matchup I could have been interested in watching but like to go see a baseball game at Fenway Park was just unreal.
0: I always find that seeing sports things in, in a, in a different arena than your own, you know, quote unquote own is like a really cool experience. Like, I don't care if I'm a fan of that team, but to experience like, you know, sort of that hidden culture, those hidden norms of what it is to be a a different city sports fan. Yes. So interesting.
1: Yeah, it was, it was super, super cool. Um, and, like, watching the fans be super into their team was super – was really fun, even though I do not like the Red Sox at all, right? But it was fun just to see people, like, be excited about their team and stuff. So, um, yeah, so that was pretty cool.
0: That is super cool.
1: Yeah. Do you have any other travely things you want to talk about?
0: Um, not really. I'm trying to think – there's just a lot of weddings. Our weddings are done now, so that's, like, such a freeing feeling. I'm so, like, getting over weddings.
1: Yeah, I uh, I haven't had to go to a wedding in quite some time. The The house that we're staying at right now, it's, like I said, it's with friends of my mom's, and this weekend, um, all of the kids were home, um, and they're all, like, why well, I say kids, but they're all, like, my age-ish, um... But one of them lives in Edmonton, one of them lives in Valley View, Alberta, uh, and then one of the girls is in Toronto, and the other one's in Halifax. And um, they were all home for, for, I can't remember whose wedding it was, that all four of them were home for, um, but one of, the, one of the, the sons in this family, he had three different weddings this weekend. That he was uh, like... I
0: know,
1: it's not. He was, in, he was in one as like a groomsman and then he was like, I don't know what he was doing at one of the other ones. And then one he was just there as a guest. But like, it was just, he was very, very busy. He got in on Thursday. um, And then we got here, today is Monday, I think, right? Is it yeah. Monday? Yeah. So the, that's the other part about road trip travel. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> it's like knowing what day no, like it is.
0: That's just summer vacation that I've been saying since July or June thirtieth. I don't know what fucking day it is
1: anymore. <laughs> um, so we yeah we got here then on Sunday like afternoon, and he got back here like Sunday evening, um, and I don't think he'd actually been here that whole time.
0: Wait, he's like actually committed to being and attending all three weddings.
1: Yes but this is the thing that is interesting again like talking about like learning about places and stuff is that normally weddings like w- in our experiences weddings are like on saturdays right because it's on a weekend and whatever but like one yeah. of the weddings that he was part of was on it f- was on friday oh okay and i think the other one the reception was actually on thursday and it was just a reception because they got married elsewhere or whatever but like that was on thursday night and so like he had three days in a row of weddings
0: Oh, man.
1: Yeah, which is a lot.
0: (laughs) I had three in six weeks, and it was supposed to be four in six weeks, and I thought that was overwhelming. I can't imagine three in three days. Did someone
1: not get married? Is is it a scandalous story?
0: No. (laughs) No, it's Chris's cousin, but Chris just couldn't make it because of a work thing, and it was in Kelowna, and it was just too hard to... Try to get us both there and and figure out the travel with his work because it was just changing so much last minute. So it really sucked because it was uh, family and we don't really see the Kelowna family a lot. But we just couldn't we just couldn't figure it out. So
1: oh, okay, that's fair. A
0: little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but not not much we could really do there.
1: Okay. Um. Do you want to talk about your garbage thing?
0: Oh my god. I'm garbage for so many things right now. I need to tell you that I read. I feel like I'm just talking to you. Like, why was it recorded? I read the Greg two of the Greg Isles' books. Okay. And um, super super likes them. The writing style is amazing, and they're very engaging. I'd say they're about 150 pages too long.
1: Yes, he is a bit verbose. Yes.
0: And what's his next main character is a lawyer slash mayor, but also kind of like a detective and, like, does things that I don't think any responsible parent would ever do. (laughs) Um, So that's a little bit frustrating at times. Yeah. But it was a super great um, read during all the travel time especially and then some downtime that we had in Jamaica and things like that. Um, But also because of all the time I was on flights, I don't have um, HBO at home. Uh, I don't watch any HBO shows. But we're on so many WestJet flights that they have, like, WestJet Connect, where you can connect to all these, like, movies and TVs and whatever. Um, So I watched a little bit of West Wing, which I'm obsessed with. And then the first – I think I've seen five episodes of Westworld now. Okay. uh, Which is – both of those things are super frustrating because I was trying to ask people, especially my friend Davis, who has seen both, to get answers about things. And nobody will tell me anything. Why won't people spoil things for me, Megan?
1: Because it's no good to be spoiled. Sometimes, um, you just need to experience things as they happen. Um, I
0: love spoilies. I love them.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it depends for me. On spoilers, it depends. I always want to know what's happening on The Walking Dead before I watch, um, because I need to know if I can finally stop watching the show.
0: <laughs> okay, so you're looking for that shoe-dropping moment to prepare yourself mentally, emotionally, etc.?
1: Yes, so that like if my favorite character dies, or whatever, or like, if something awful happens, and it, like it's just too disgusting to carry on, I just won't watch anymore. Um, and I just want right. to know ahead of time.
0: Uh, but I'm like that, but, like, for everything.
1: But, but for <laughs> other stuff, see, for me, for other stuff, there's certain things I don't want to know, right? And so, like, I just have to kind of roll with it.
0: That's true. Like, for when we went to Dunkirk, like, I went in, like, super fresh, fresh eyes, didn't read anything, didn't read reviews. Same with Baby Driver. Like, I just wanted to experience that. But I feel like with TV series, I always, I don't know, I have an addiction, man. So I started wrestling, only a few episodes in, started Westworld, only half been, and then went on a real tangent because <laughs> Peaky Blinders was added to Netflix. And, you know, I'm almost thinking, like, if there was an FMK right now between Killian Murphy, Taylor Hall, and Dreisaitl, I honestly don't know what I would do.
1: Oh, I'm keep that one on file for next time. Uh-
0: <laughs> that, that That is how serious I am right now it is absolutely a fantastic intense show I cannot get over it I watched the two seasons on Netflix in like four days okay. and I just I just don't know what to do with myself now like I don't know what to do with I i finished today at like 6pm and then just laid on the floor till 8 o'clock because I didn't know what to do
1: <laughs> I love it I love it. That's fantastic. So what's, and so, go- then I was
0: like, what's so good well, about it? Well, I just mean, oh, I don't even know where to start. It's a period piece, which I love. Any period pieces, give it give it to me. And I'm quite, like, an Anglophile, too. So, like, anything about England historically, like, man, I'll, I'll, I'll lap that up for sure. Um, but this series is about uh, gangsters in 1920 Birmingham, which kind of is a soft spot for me because uh, Chris's grandparents, uh, immigrated from Birmingham too, so it's like a, we've been there and we spent some time there and his family still lives there, all his cousins and uncles and all that are still there, so it's like a little bit of a soft spot to like hear those accents and things like that. Um, but uh, just Killian Murphy is just, oh, he's a god. He is a god. But then it broke my heart last night to find out that he's only 5 foot 8. Oh. And I just don't know how to deal with that fact.
1: Um, so you're experiencing what I experience when I find out that people I find are attractive are also very short. Um, you just gotta roll with it because there's nothing you can do.
0: Like, oh, it's, it's, I'm, I feel like I've really got a. He's only a five a foot eight. He's only five foot eight, But what that the? goddamn show is so clever because he's, like, I knew this about him before. He's notoriously, like, quite, quite private he does not do a lot of interviews and press and really doesn't share anything about himself he's always on the red carpet so low. he really doesn't do a lot of the you know the marketing stuff for film mm-hmm. they are so good at making him seem like a dangerous huge guy like an imposing presence that to find out that he's that small is really shocking to me
1: Interesting,
0: and I say small like not to criticize it because I'm five three, like I'm extremely small. But I, it it just surprised me because they frame him in that way on the show. Like he looks like he's huge. Of all the other characters, he's the tallest brother in the family. Like, okay, it's, just, it's so it's so interesting to me how they've done that. This a really cool show. Um, him and his family, the Shelby's, are the Peaky Blinders, and they're a gang named the Peaky Blinders because they sewed razor blades into the peaks of their sort of newsboy hat so that they could rip them off and slash and um, potentially blind people in a fight. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's real intense. Um, season 1 especially is quite violent. Season 2 wasn't really, but it's real good drama. There's some real good romance in Season 2 that... Was surprising, and it's just like I, I really feel like I'm on a serious like withdrawal right now.
1: I see. Interesting. I've 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 heard from other people that I should watch this, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. Um, so. I think
0: you'd really like it because there's a lot of sort of really subtle history stuff that even I don't think that I truly understand of the context of it because some of it's dealing with um like IRA because they're they're in Birmingham but they come from Irish descendants okay so there's a lot of like political kind of posturing and, and power that's trying to be ground within the gangs and then also like a time of really kind of true conflict and turmoil and revolution that's happening too so I think you'd really like it
1: okay well I will put it on my list
0: yeah for sure and Rita's seen it so she can talk you up
1: yeah that's true that is true, because, yeah, she's watched it, and she's like, you need to watch this show. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. I but
0: know. I feel really ripped off, because there's three seasons of it have aired in the UK, and, um, only two of them were put on Netflix. Like, come on.
1: Well, maybe they're just waiting until, like, the next season is announced or
0: whatever. It is. They're filming. They're done filming season four.
1: Oh, well, then it'll come soon. Just calm yourself down.
0: I don't know if I can, I guess. <laughs>
1: you, just, you just need to find yourself another obsession, that's all.
0: I know, and I have so many books to read and other things to do, but I'm just, like, I'm in that weird emotional state between obsessions that is just, like, it's a really it's a really terrible, vulnerable place to be.
1: Well, and before you know it, um, hockey season will be back, and we'll, uh, you know it's going to happen. So, anyway. <laughs>
0: You know what I thought you were gonna say. Before
1: you know it, Outlander season three will start. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm rereading that third book right now. Um Are you? So, yeah, just FYI in case anyone cares, I'm gonna spoil some stuff. Um, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh yeah, I, I just got to the part where um Claire finds Jamie. Like back in the past. Uh. And, oh. and shows her the pictures of Brianna.
0: Oh, and he just falls to pieces. Yeah.
1: And then he's also, I like, love it. confounded by zippers, which I think is hilarious. Um, but then he makes... And how the... her in a
0: bathing suit is, like, indecent.
1: Yes. But I also love how he makes that wisecrack about how the zippers are very convenient <laughs> once he figures out how to use them. it's <laughs> um, oh, so
0: cute.
1: But it's funny because... Uh, we're talking about spoilers, right? Like... I've read those books, I know exactly what's going to happen, I'm not, but I don't want to know anything about the show, because I want to see how they do it, I want to see how they put it together, I want to see, you know, because for me the spoiler isn't in the story, because I already know the story.
0: Right, the spoilers is in the interpretation of the story?
1: Yes, and how they're going to do certain scenes or whatever, because that scene is one of my favorites in the whole series. Um,
0: Oh, it's perfection.
1: And I'm really excited to see kind of how it plays out. But, yeah, so, anyway, I don't know. Um, do you want to talk more about uh, Piggy Blinders?
0: Um, hmm. No, just everybody should read it. and love Cillian Murphy and okay. Blue Eyes, Irish Hard Eyes, by Ever.
1: Yeah, okay. So, um, Kelsey was like, oh, well, what's your garbage thing? And I was like, oh, no, I'll think about it while we're talking. <laughs>
0: um, and, uh, which you always do yeah
1: just, just in here um, and one of the things that I think will surprise people perhaps um, knowing what you know about me um, I'm a bit of a book snob um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the surprising part so shut it um, but one of my favorite things to do uh, in the summertime especially is to read like beach books so like if it's set on Nantucket or like Cape Cod or Martha's Vineyard, I am hundred and eighty-nine percent in. Um, uh-huh. I don't even care how bad the story is; I will read it because there's something about that like that location and that kind of lifestyle, that like super laid-back um, beach town. Oh, I love it! I love it. So I read this book um, the first week that we were on this road trip called *The Identicals* by um, Ellen Hildebrand. Um, and I've read a bunch of her stuff and she sets all of her things like in Cape Cod and the vineyard and, and Nantucket and a place called Tuckernock Island and like all these places out there, right? And uh, it's about these identical twin sisters who have like, you know, been estranged for 15 years or whatever. And the story is ludicrous. But like, as I'm reading it, like it was just, it was insane. Like they were estranged and one lives on the vineyard and one lives on Cape Cod or Nantucket. Uh, yeah, one's on Martha's Vineyard, one's on Nantucket and the one has a daughter and the other one is like single forever but she's like sleeping with this doctor like it's just it's just a soap opera in a book and i love it so much um, but i'm reading this story and and uh, you know and and riva and i are, are, are chatting and i was like oh my god so i'm like telling her what's happening in this book and then i'm making predictions and whatever and then at the end of it i was like well my predictions didn't come true but i loved it anyway
0: oh that's so funny do you are you able to like read in the car do you get motion
1: oh no I can read in the car for sure for sure okay um yeah that's not a problem and I read really fast too right so like this whole like bringing books on this trip is a big dilemma so I actually brought two real books um what? and I the rest are just on my e-reader
0: oh okay gotcha 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 yeah
1: and I got like 60 books on there and I've powered through like 12 of them I think
0: Okay,
1: good. Um, yeah, so I've, I'm all, I'm basically at a book a day, almost a book a day, anyway, on this trip. Um, but, yeah, so, like, these beach reads are just, like, just and stupid fun. And, like, Ellen Hildebrand, she's got this series of, like, winter ones for, like, the people that are, like, I think they're all set in Nantucket, but it's, like, people who live there year-round and aren't just there for the summer or whatever. And they're dumb. Like. They're just dumb, and I fucking love them. But, like, if you were to look at my bookshelf at home and, like, look at the stuff that I have, like, I have, like, all these Philip Roth books and I've got, like, everything that Chinua Achebe has written and I've got, you know, like, you know, whatever, like, literary fiction and all this kind of stuff. And then there's these just, like, super trashy beach books and I'm just, like, a sucker for them. It, like, I just, I love them so much and I don't really know what it is because she's not an especially great writer either. Um, and I like her stuff more than most other things that I've written. But I have a book on my e-reader called like *The Beach House* by someone else, and I don't know—it's fabulous. <laughs> just like I don't know what it is about them, but I just want that somehow.
0: I think it's like me and my obsession with books that are about old houses with secrets.
1: Maybe. Maybe for there's maybe just like... something.
0: There's something so elusive and mysterious about it that you have to you have to you have to find it out you have to experience it you have to
1: live it yeah maybe i don't know i'm not sure but anyway it's just i think it's really funny because like again people who know me this would shock them yeah that this is like something that i i kind of live for um
0: so would you debase yourself enough to go to like harlequin romance
1: no 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 i still need Erotica's like erotica
0: is not your thing i
1: need some semblance of like legitimacy like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, shots
1: fired. Like, the books that I read, the books that I buy in the bookstore are all in the fiction and literature section, right? Like, I don't I don't really yeah. venture out of that. Um, so no, I don't go into the romance section. I'm not a big fan of, like, mysteries and thrillers either, so I just kind of avoid those. Oh,
0: love that shit.
1: Um... But anyway, I just it's just really funny to me. And so like as I'm reading this book called The Identicals, um I said to Reva, I was like I would watch the shit out of the lifetime movie based on this book. Like oh you w- write it. Like write it, would be, it. it would be on my PVR forever. <laughs> and also, we cat will I cast it cuz like Reva of course hasn't read it, and I definitely cast Chris Pine in it. <laughs>
0: course Oh, man, he'd see, be
1: perfect.
0: For me now, like, Chris Pine is dead and Killian Murphy is all I'm living for.
1: Um. Uh,
0: He's been replaced.
1: Wow. <laughs> I feel like I just felt our friendship die a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, speaking of that, I finally read Wide Sargasso Sea. It's terrible. It's super terrible. I hated every second of it.
1: I like the premise of it.
0: I super like the premise, so if you're not aware, it's essentially a imagined prequel to one of my favorite books of all time, which is Jane Eyre, and it's about, um, spoilers, I guess, whatever, um, the, the real quote-unquote story of how Bursa, or Antoinette, came to live in Rochester's attic, and I super hated every single second of it. How come? I felt like it felt like fanfic. It wasn't well written. It, at times, was so convoluted that I couldn't actually decipher the voice of who was speaking the story to me. And at first, I was trying to figure out, okay, is that a function of the story? Because, you know, Antoinette's beginning to lose her mind. But I, I really don't think that's what it was. And according to Jane Eyre, you're really supposed to feel like there was some reason and purpose and perhaps sympathy or some you're supposed to feel something about this decision that rochester made to bring her to england and keep her locked up forever and yet they didn't even talk about in the book what what she did to deserve locking up like Right. It was just. It was so bizarre. It was so bizarre, and I was so disappointed. So but you, I got it for a dollar at a used bookstore. So,
1: <laughs> okay. So, if you had never read Jane Eyre, yes, and you had just read Wide Sargasso Sea, do you it think it
0: would be utterly incomprehensible?
1: Okay, that was looking at me because I've read it too, and I mean, I, and I really like Jane Eyre as well. um And I was just curious what you thought because I feel like with a book like Wide Sargasso Sea, like you need to have that previous knowledge.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, it would it would be nonsense without Jane Eyre. But even knowing the story of Jane Eyre, at times I was like, what is the purpose of these last 30 pages? Like, they haven't told us anything okay. that helps us understand Jane Eyre. Like, especially because she did so much shit to fuck with Rochester to get to the point where she lights a house on fire and jumps off the roof. Right. And yet you get... Like, that should be a third of the end of the book. Like, her point of view, her really losing her mind. Is she cognizant of these things, or is she, like, what's the lucidity of her actions? Like, the, none of that is addressed. None of that. And I was like, well, it's just, it, I don't see how it serves a purpose. Interesting. So
1: mm-hmm. I That's interesting. I, I think I, I, can, I can see that, I think, in sort of... Um... Which makes it interesting to me, because I think in my school, if I remember correctly, um, Wide Star Sea is one of the novels that's on the 20-1 list, perhaps? Really? Or maybe 30-1, but it's on one of the reading lists. And I was like, why would you put that on a reading list without teaching, also teaching Jane Eyre? Eyre. Um, That
0: makes no sense.
1: That's strange, anyway. That's enough work talk, because that's too much. Um, Yeah, (laughs) sorry. Still No, it's okay. I'm still on holiday mode. Um... Yeah, okay, interesting. So, we should probably go to questions, because we have a pile of them. Um,
0: Okay, sorry, I kind of cut into your Beach book talk. Is there any other book that you want to talk about?
1: Um, another, well, a book that I read a number of years ago, um, that kind of fits in that mode of Beach Book, but is different, is called, um, The Last Summer of You and Me.
0: Oh, I think I've heard of that. By
1: Anne Bercher. She wrote The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, um okay. And The Last Summer of You and Me is one of the best books I think I've read in a very long time. Oh, wow. It's about these two sisters, um, Alice and I can't remember her older sister's name. Um, And they're like a couple years apart. Um,
0: Let's call her Taylor.
1: (laughs) You're the worst. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Uh, and they're, yeah, they're, they're a couple of years apart or maybe three years apart in age or whatever. And, um, when they were growing up, they grew up, um, they spent their summers out. I want to say Nantucket, anyway, somewhere out there, it doesn't really matter. Um, and there was their next door neighbor at the, at, at their, um, cottage. Um, I can't remember his name either. I don't know. This is like, I haven't read it in a long time, so it's very fuzzy. Um, but he's the same age as the older sister, and so they were always kind of closer. Um, Mm -hmm. but then once the book starts, Alice is old enough, like, she's, like, 21 or whatever, and her sister's, like, 24, I think. Um, and so he, their, their neighbor comes back, uh, to the cottage for the summer to help, like, sell the place, because, like, his, his mom, um, is selling it, so he's, like, cleaning stuff out, and he stays with them for a while, and there's, like, this other sort of subplot with the sister, and, like, what her... Deal is, and it's just this like, it's heart wrenching. Oh, wow. It's just, I, and I, every time I read it, I cry. Um, like, every single time. And I read it, like, kind of on a yearly basis in the summertime. And it's just like, it's not a happy light beach read, but, like, there's something about that setting. Maybe that's what it is. It's like, like you, with you and your houses with secrets. Um, yeah. Maybe for me, it's like the setting, right? And, and, and I'm interested in how the setting affects the people. Um, And I found that on this trip that I'm on, especially being out in the Maritimes, like you find how the setting affects people. And it's even in simple things like when you see pictures of houses from like Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, um, Newfoundland with like the wood siding and the paint is peeling and the woods all weathered. And like there's a specific aesthetic that kind of comes with that. Um, I've noticed that there's a lot of people here uh, in their houses who, especially like people who are living right on the water, they've resided their houses with like... Um, you know, like cement board siding or aluminum siding or whatever. You know, so that they don't have to repaint them every year. And it, it still like there's these communities that we've gone through are just idyllic and they're beautiful. But like, there's something about, to me, that aesthetic that's off, mm-hmm. because it's not that sort of traditional pastoral kind of feel. And maybe that's what it is about these books. I don't know, but I love that book. And if you haven't read it, you should read it, because I think you'd like it. Yeah,
0: I'll add it to the list. But my question is like. You say you reread it and it makes you cry every time. Yeah. Why why would you why would you reread a book that's emotionally destroying?
1: Oh, because it's very worth it. Um I reread what books what makes it worth it. I reread books all it's a very cathartic feeling for me to read that one. Okay. And and cry about it. Um because Alice goes through this like really interesting change. Um, and I like it. And, and, and because she goes through this change, and be, her sister's name is Riley, it just came to me. Um, and Riley <laughs> also goes through a fairly, a fairly significant change. And, and the way that that kind of plays off of each other, I think, is really fascinating. Um, but, like, I reread also often, like, Bridge to Terabithia by Katherine Patterson.
0: Right.
1: I, I don't know if you've ever read it. I but, haven't,
0: no. Um, that I watched the b- terrible movie.
1: It, oh, the book is a million times better. Um, The, uh... I cry like a baby every time oh, wow. and it is a children's book <laughs> um, and I reread it often as well it's on my my Kindle right now um, I paid for the ebook of it because like it's just it's beautiful um, and I do that a lot I'll reread things that that will make me sad or I'll watch things that make me sad I do it all the time
0: yeah there's something very yeah cathartic's definitely the word for that and I think is there what's
1: I was just gonna say I think too the reason I like to read things that make me sad is because I know what to expect right and so I know like I and maybe it won't make me as sad this time that it did last time or whatever but like I know to expect to be sad Where sometimes when it's something new and like I'm unexpectedly sad about it I'm sort of like I
0: don't know how to feel about this and I think that's the same way that we love and reread the third um outlander book voyager right because we know that reunion point is coming as much as like joy and um ecstasy we feel when it finally happens it's it's that i think it's that same type of emotional release as like a good book that makes you cry
1: yeah absolutely um
0: is there a movie that you watch that always makes you cry um
1: oh i think legends of the fall makes me cry okay um kind of in the middle bit there not so much at the end um because I don't think it's supposed to make you cry at the end. Um, but I always cry when I watch that one. Um, I usually... Now I cry when I watch Fast and Furious 7 because of Paul Walker. So that's a thing. Of course. Um,
0: but I think you're supposed
1: to. I think so too. And they did like a really good job at the end dealing with it. But like, yeah, it's, it's sad. Um, I'm trying to think what else that I watch that makes me cry. Like, <sighs> Saving Private Ryan at the end it makes me cry. Mm-hmm. Every time. Um... Goodwill hunting, uh, that scene, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, it's twenty years old, get over it. Um <laughs> that scene in uh in Sean's office where he's just like, yeah. It's not your fault. Like I just lose it. I can't, I can't. Uh and Shawshank Redemption usually makes me cry a little bit.
0: I can't handle the Brooksy scene out in the world. Yeah. I if it's ever on TV, we're just like watching it casually. I I actually have to I have to leave the room. I have to go somewhere else for those, you know, seven minutes, and I I cannot I cannot handle that. Everything else I'm fine with except for that.
1: So I used I taught Shawshank Redemption in summer school, and I teach it all the time in my teaching with Story Dash two. And I said to my kids, I was like, okay. Discuss this this point here. It's like is the Shawshank Redemption the movie, not so much the book, but the movie, the way it's framed, is it a love story? And we had a very interesting conversation, and I maintain one hundred percent that it is a love story.
0: Between,
1: I don't think it's not a rom- man and his rock chip. No, it's not a romantic <laughs> love story, but it's it's <laughs> definitely a love story between Red and Andy. Yeah because um, that ending scene, when, like, Red's narrating his journey down to Mexico or whatever, and then he uh-huh. gets, you know, he gets there and he sees Andy, and, like, the look on Andy's face, like, it is a love story in all of the ways, and it is a beautiful love story. uh uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we had a very, some very interesting conversations about it, but that ending always kind of, I get a little choked up at that ending, because it's, That's like, cool. it's happy, but it's, like, a happy catharsis, you know? uh
0: uh-huh.
1: Um, so Yeah. Okay, do you want to get to uh, some of these questions?
0: Yeah, sure. We've got a lot.
1: We do have a lot, and this is good. Thanks for thanks for helping us out, guys. Oh,
0: people came through in a friggin' pinch. I tell
1: you what. They sure did. Um, okay, so okay, let's start with Lots this one. From Amanda. Here's the first one that I see is from Tom. Okay. Our good buddy Tom, and he says, if you were to do another book club, what book would you choose? um um do
0: you want
1: to go first well i feel like we should do the great gatsby <laughs> because we've talked about it, it would lot. be so
0: easy
1: because it would be really but we've talked about it a lot so i think it would be nice to have like a cohesive conversation about it maybe
0: yeah and i wouldn't have to reread it <laughs>
1: <laughs> me neither exactly
0: what happens in each of the nine chapters
1: <laughs> <laughs> a terrible party <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah i think i i just think we should because we've talked about it so many times
0: yeah, we could. I, I would definitely love to do one about Jane Eyre. I think it's a fantastic book. Um, I'd also like to do one about, um, oh, what the frick is it called? Why are my brain starting so hard right now? That one book that we both bought.
1: Oh, that Salman Rushdie one?
0: Yeah, because I was reading the back of it because it's next on my list uh, after someone gave me um, Joseph Boyden um Wenjack. Okay. So that's, that's what I'm going to start reading tomorrow, but I finally just read the back of it, and it's like a really neat science fiction book, which I think would be an interesting departure for us to do.
1: Yeah, okay, let's do that. I like that idea. There you go, Tom. Yeah. That's what we'll do. We'll, we'll make a list. Do you
0: have suggestions, Tom? I'd love to hear what you would like us to do. As a, it'd be really interesting for us to both read something for the first time and then discuss it.
1: Yes, that would be actually pretty interesting. Um, so, yeah, if you have any suggestions if, or if you want to hear us talk more about books, uh, let us know. We could do that.
0: And if you even listen to the last three episodes, uh,
1: I'd love to know that, too. Um, okay, so on our... Pff, okay, so many questions. Um, okay, let's just... Um,
0: Are you going off your replies or our actual tweet?
1: I'm going off of our actual tweet. I'll go back to our repl- my replies in a minute. How about that? Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, we'll start down at the bottom with, okay, from Amanda, good friend Amanda. She says, what about Yager? Why doesn't any GM love me? I mean him. Um, I think because Yager's old is why he hasn't been signed. I think he will be signed, but I think it's going to be, like, close to training camp or once camp has started.
0: Yeah, I think so, too, and I think also, um, because there wasn't a lot of, like crazy trades and things happening this year. I think a lot of teams are really playing it safe.
1: Yeah, I think so too. It seems like they've got a lot of their rosters already under control, and there's
0: only like there's very few free agents left to go. So I think it's it's just a weird year for that.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably a fair assessment. I, he'll play somewhere next year for sure. Um, oh, I just sure, yeah. it's I just don't yeah. It might not be for as much money as he's wanting or whatever, but he'll. I'm pretty sure he'll have a roster spot. Um also from Amanda, why is Leon still not signed? This is stressful for me. Stressful for you, it's stressful for us as well. Um oh, I'm
0: having stress
1: dreams about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Is that what they're calling them these days? Um, <laughs> oh man. Um I just, I don't know. I think I think both sides are playing hardball a little bit. But I still maintain that the Oilers don't want Leon even for just next year to be the highest paid player on the team. I think that's the reason. Yeah,
0: that makes
1: sense. So, and I think Who knows. It's
0: just like it's just a power dynamic thing. People have to work out and negotiate and it's just for whatever reason taking a long time for this
1: one. Yeah. Um Amanda also wants to know book recommendations for the rest of the summer. Um anything that we've mentioned except for the wide Sargasso Sea probably. Uh <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wasn't nuts about that. I really liked the Greg Iles books. That was a good recommendation from... Um, I read this other one called Moriarty that was a very cool premise but really shittily executed, so I would not recommend that one. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, and it makes sense because it was written by um, this guy who's mostly a TV writer, so it actually would work amazing as... Film, but it super sucks as a novel. Um, that's all got. I got. I I just feel so disappointed by how little reading I've done. My book stack is still twelve books high, and it's really starting to freak me out.
1: Because you don't have a lot of time left, and you have a lot of books to read.
0: Yeah, and oh. I have like really failed. <laughs>
1: I always, I feel that way too. I always set myself very lofty goals for how many books I'm going to read in a year and I always, I never meet it. And I should just like set lower goals and be less disappointed. I don't know.
0: Well, I don't know why I thought like I'd get all this stuff done where we, I literally wasn't home for three weeks. Like that
1: was bizarre. Yeah. Um, Amanda also wants to know elephants or hippos. Um, the only answer is elephants or GTFO. The
0: only answer is elephants.
1: That's just it questions no okay um, <laughs> um amanda also wants to know why do hockey players wear jorts um this is an interesting question i don't know but they need to stop
0: because canadian white boys suck at fashion amanda It's what it is
1: pretty much yeah got
0: no style got no flow just i don't know what to say it's real disappointing
1: she also says they're no really i'm just really confused by the jorts and we are too we don't get it um but her they're best...
0: not comfortable they're hot
1: they are they really are. Um, but That's
0: her, just not a good luck.
1: Her best question of the week uh, is as follows. And yes or yes, uh, with a picture of Phil Kessel, of course, um, this is the best Cup Day celebration ever, and the answer is yes, because Phil Kessel, on this picture of himself with the Stanley Cup, has a bunch of hot dogs.
0: In the Stanley Cup, just ready.
1: Yeah, just ready to go. M- maybe Steve Simmons wants to join him. Um, God,
0: he's a fucking legend.
1: They can have a hot dog. I mean, Phil is the best. I think, because there was just... there was that tweet where he broke the internet um, with uh, the what he was supposed to, what he sh- thought he should be doing on the day that the U.S. got like pumped in the World Cup because they didn't invite him.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and then there was there was that, um, and then he just answers questions just so well, and then hot dogs with the Stanley Cup. I think like just incredible
0: amazing love it
1: like phil phil has mastered the art of telling someone to go fuck themselves without actually saying it out loud
0: it's like the the pinnacle of subtweet. it really is it's super super it
1: um jess asked us a more serious question and i think we should talk about this really quick um she says do you or can you bring up this nazi nonsense in social studies in the new school year oh
0: 100 percent. absolutely you'd be absolutely wasting your job and opportunity as a teacher if you don't.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think it's important to provide some context for kids. I think it's important to um, give them, you know, as much information as you possibly can, um, mm-hmm. and as unbiased as possible as well.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about this before, especially in our early episodes, about, like, why we love our job, and a lot of that comes from there's, there's there's a trust that students place in you to ask you the hard questions and trust that you'll try to give them answers yes that that they can understand and um, social studies is great for that because it allows you to really think about complex issues that are happening at the moment and for for this issue especially sometimes it it can be quite scary um, yeah. I imagine especially for for students of color of yeah any 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 minority, whether that be you know ethnic or or religious, and what's really problematic too and what's hard about doing that as a teacher is that sometimes you just don't have the answers that kids want yes, so you should and can it's just it's hard sometimes
1: yeah, absolutely it is um, okay, um Mike wants to know uh, Battlestar Galactica. Star Trek or Star Wars um FMK <laughs> <laughs> So oh, okay. just ignore all of it if you want. Battlestar Galactica just kill it. Um, it's already done.
0: 100% agree. 100% so
1: just leave agree. it leave it in the coffin cuz whatever. Um I don't know what to do with the other two.
0: I'm marrying Star Trek because I love Star Trek. Okay. Love it, love it, love
1: it. Are we talking like Star Um, Trek T V or like the movies is if there's Chris Pine involved? I feel
0: I think we include all of it.
1: Okay. I think I like Star Trek. Capital
0: S star, capital T track. (sighs) I think you just I think you just fuck Star Wars. You get it out of the way. You leave it in all its brotasticness. fake. It's
1: like my unpopular thing
0: about cinema.
1: My unpopular opinion, um, for a lot of it, a lot of time is that star wars is not that good
0: agreed um,
1: of course i really enjoyed
0: the force awaken
1: yeah me too and people really didn't like it like and i don't know it
0: was literally the first one again
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and it but it was way more fun because ray is amazing um
0: agreed and finn was amazing and oscar um what's his nuts was amazing oscar isaac there you go. What
1: As, is that? I said it right. Yeah. Um, okay, Mike also wants to know, you get to create a new Urban Dictionary term based on a hockey player. Who is it and what is the definition? And his example is Craig McTavish, and I feel like that's alluding to killing someone in a drunk driving accident, so I don't know for sure. Uh, <laughs>
0: that one's, that one's a, it's a dark place to start, Mike. I'm really inspired by your inspiration. Um I feel
1: like there's something that could be done about, like, Jamie Benning, right? Yes, well, of course. Um, of course. The, the good joke about Jamie Ben all of the time, of course, whatever, whatever, the thing that he doesn't like to do, is that, like, yesterday I read a projection where someone said he was going to score 78 points, um, and someone was like, actually, it'll be 68, and he'll owe you one, and I think that's really funny. <laughs> Which is a debt you will never collect. Um, no,
0: that's super funny. Yeah. That could be something about, like, um, kessling, you know, like, I'm having a real kessel meal, something yeah. like that. Yeah,
1: something like that. Um, or if you, like, win the lottery, you could call it Taylor Hauling.
0: Oh my god. Now that's an adjective I can get down with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome there you go i i don't know i got nothing guys that one i don't know anyway
0: (laughs) i made you speechless with that
1: yeah it's also two o'clock it's also two o'clock in the morning so we're gonna wrap this up i'm sorry no it's okay reasonably quick what do we got here um oh tom also wants to know oh god no yeah we'll get to tom's question and then we'll do amanda's other question okay tom wants to know if you had to make a fair trade of one edmonton oiler for one calgary flame who would you trade and then we got some answers from people uh luke gazdick for conor mcdavid um oh my god that was amanda
0: wasn't it no
1: that was uh, my buddy clay um but of course amanda would be luke gazdick for like a bag of pucks or something i don't know um and then another response was chris russell for dougie hamilton
0: Oh, shit, i be down
1: with that. Uh, and then Jess's response to that was, well, if we get Clay's trade, then I'll take Tyler's trade too because the downgrade on defense is worth the Connor McDavid, I suppose. Um, uh, that's a good question. I think – oh, then there were some other ones here too I saw. Uh, Garnet Hathaway for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, that would be
0: terrible.
1: Leon Dreisaitl for Sean Monahan. Nah, I don't really
0: think that's equal.
1: I don't think it is either, but um, anyway –
0: the Russell one's probably the best one.
1: I think the Russell I think the Russell for is probably the best one. Um or possibly like um yeah like I'll... Could we
0: could we trade Luchich for like the oh. flame throwers?
1: Yes. Can ah. how about we take the flames mascot ah. Harvey the Hound? And um. they and they can have um Lucic. Hunter? Oh. <laughs> Just straight up. How's that?
0: And then Hunter and Harvey have to do a battle to the death for who will be the supreme mascot? Yes. Perfect. Love it.
1: Okay, done. I like that one. That, that sounds like a good option. Um, Amanda's other question, which is just gross, and I told her that, um, <laughs> is uh, FMK, my favorite hockey players, Luke Gazdick, Jordy Ben, and Eric Graba.
0: Okay, this is this. – I'm setting a Garbage Fire podcast – precedent right now. Oh. And I'm gonna
1: have to say triple murder. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I <laughs> I pretty much agree with you. I was thinking about this though. Um and Jordy Ben is not as gross as the other two, I don't think, anyway. Um but then I was like, oh why Jordy Ben? Why can't it be someone like Patrick Eves? Because then you could at least keep him around for a while. Um right. but no, yeah, I think the triple murder, I think that's good you think okay you're gonna go with me on that one yeah i think i'm gonna go with you on Triple murder um amanda get better taste in hockey players and don't buy an Eric grab jersey Uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh god
1: poor amanda um is that all we have for the questions oh no we got a couple questions from um our good friend matt burns Mm
0: -hmm. um
1: he wants us to talk about dunkirk
0: I'm gonna have to
1: wait. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to wait on the Dunkirk mat just because of time and time zones and stuff. Um, but suffice it to say, it was really fucking good. 100%
0: was. Well,
1: uh, I have some other questions too, but go ahead. Okay. And then the other question, um, from Matt Burns was Hi, how are you? How's the summer? How's the road trip? You're <laughs>
0: like just
1: checking in on a base level there. Yeah. So, uh, we're, things are good. Things are real good. Um, yeah, if you listen to the first half of this podcast, you know things are great.
0: Check, check, check.
1: Yeah, we are, we are all good. So you have some questions for us
0: too? I do. I have some texted to me. Um, so the first one is from my friend Davis, who, as you should know, designed our logo. And he says, do you feel like they should get rid of the trapezoid behind the net and just let wandering goalies get annihilated again?
1: I- absolutely.
0: I totally agree. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Yes, yeah, done. <laughs> um, if you could have a million dollars right now, this is kind of an either-or question. Okay. So you can have a million dollars right now, but for the rest of the, the rest of your life, just one random time, all of a sudden, the next time you jump or take a big step, you might actually lose the connection to gravity and go up into the sky to die do you still take the million dollars
1: oh that's a good question
0: so do you risk it just a random potential well pretty much guaranteed death
1: Whoa! yeah
0: million dollars right now
1: so okay so if you jump or you take like you jump or you take a big step but like what if you always just shuffle
0: i think it's a guaranteed eventuality
1: oh okay yeah because it's like there's a way around it i'm in on that oh i don't know i don't know That's a good question. I think dying in space would be terrifying, so, um...
0: Yeah, I agree. I think think I'd just be fine, like, being sort of not financially stable for the rest of my life. Yeah, if it
1: meant not dying in space, in the cold dark of space, I think I would take that too.
0: But to be honest, would kind of prefer, based on, like, Dunkirk, dying in space than drowning.
1: Oh, yeah, or, like, yeah, absolutely, Yes.
0: Okay, so question number two. Question number three from uh, Malcolm. It's kind of another one. He says, maybe more Megan's strength, but who would you take as your number one for fantasy football? What QB would you take first, and do you have any sleepers?
1: Oh, my God. Oh, I hate fantasy football. Um, I mean, that's not true. I used to play, and I used to, like, take money from people, but anyway. Um, uh, I think... I mean, I think you're... Okay, so who would I take first? I don't know. Probably a running back. Uh, Either running back or wide receiver, but probably a running back. Um, And I don't really know who, and I haven't really been paying a lot of attention to what's going on um, because the reasons and travel and stuff. Um, But I think, yeah, I think taking a running back first as your first pick isn't a terrible idea. Um, I think if you can get yourself a quarterback like... I don't know, like Matt Ryan or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or guys like that. You take them. Like, if you can get them, take them. Um, just because they're that good.
0: So you don't go with a QB first? You'd actually go for a running back first.
1: Oh, you, yeah, yeah, always. I, I, I used to play fantasy football in this league, um, and uh, one of the guys would always take a quarterback as his first pick, and everyone was like, dude, what are you doing? Because um, everyone else would take, yeah, like a – Take a, a, a running back or a wide receiver usually first, because uh, they're gonna the they're gonna get you a bunch running. of well they're just gonna get you a bunch of points right like that's the idea.
0: Oh okay gotcha gotcha.
1: Right and they're gonna play more serious because like on the the like let's say your quarterback um you know your quarterback gets hurt or whatever um the backup quarterback is gonna come in but that running is still gonna be playing that receiver's still gonna be playing right so. Right. Yeah. Um and do I have any sleepers? Okay. No I don't know maybe Sammy Watkins now these out of Buffalo maybe I don't know. I haven't really thought much about fantasy, because I'm definitely not doing a league this year, so I don't know.
0: Okay, fair. And his last question was, oh man, I don't know, just talk about Ronaldo's abs? <laughs> which isn't really a question, but a suggestion, um, which I'm I'm down for. He's, like, I'm really trying to, he's my best friend, and I'm really trying to get into soccer, because he really loves soccer, but it's just really a struggle for me, because it's never on TV, and it's hard to keep track of it when it's weird times because it's in Europe. But he's always great to send me a vid of someone scoring a goal and then taking off their shirt, and I super appreciate that.
1: It's pretty good. Um, I Yeah, Ronaldo's got some good apps. Um, do, do you know follow who...
0: him on Insta? I do not. Oh, it's a good one. You should. Ronaldo? Yeah.
1: No, I don't follow him. Um, but I was gonna say he's got pretty good abs and you know who else has pretty good abs? Taylor Hall.
0: It's been great on the Taylor Hall social media report brought to you by Big Chief. <laughs> you guys.
1: He's uh he's been a little bit more active on the uh, the social medias this summer and it's been wonderful.
0: It has been super, super wonderful.
1: Um, so because of um Kelsey being gone, um and flying to Jamaica the day that Jordan and I really got married. Um, it was my responsibility yeah. to creep on the Instagram and uh, find pictures of Taylor Hall, which I think I did a pretty good job. Uh, I think
0: you did an amazing job. Also, shout out to Amanda for really keeping me in the loop. If there was anything that she thought I might have missed, there was a DM right into my Twitter all the time, and I super appreciate that, Amanda. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so so uh, T-Hall was on his uh, on his Instagram game that weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a video that someone took of like him and all the groomsmen singing um, Wagon Wheel with Brett Kissel, and uh, it's pretty great.
0: It's super, super great. And, um,
1: and I would,
0: we were...
1: No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I would just like to point out um, two people. You know who you are. Um, Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to throw it out there. Two, two people <laughs> who uh, go on and on about like cancer in the room or whatever the fuck. Um, you'll notice that, uh, Jordan Everly got married, and, uh, Luke Gadsdick was at his wedding, and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins was in the wedding, and, uh, Taylor Hall was in the wedding, and Darnell Nurse was there, and Matt Benning was there, and, uh... Connor was there. Connor was there.
0: Maroon was there.
1: Patty Maroon was there. Um, but you know who wasn't there? Matt Hendricks. (gasps) Andrew Ference. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, just gonna. Lucic? Yeah, Milan Lucic's not there. Um. Also, interestingly enough, uh, Jason Straddock was the MC at this wedding. Um. But I'm just gonna leave those notable absences there in the forefront of your minds.
0: Very, very compelling argument, Megan.
1: Yep. Do it again.
0: So it's been an exciting summer. <laughs>
1: it has been an exciting summer.
0: <laughs> but we are quite devastated to realize that. Uh,
1: Taylor Hall is not going to be at
0: the BioSteel camp I know That's just that's such a bummer
1: It is a bummer because Avery was supposed to go And there was going to be, I don't know, anyway Anyway, one of these days We'll find out what's up about that
0: Yeah
1: I we said earlier that of- it's because he spends too much time On Instagram, but then Kelsey pointed out That Tyler Sagan is at BioSteel And so that's clearly not the case
0: and he's one of the captains, so yeah. that I can't possibly be true. Yeah. Oh, and guess who's not a captain
1: there? Oh, Connor McDavid. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> um, oh, that was way too much sports um, for this non-sports podcast. Um, yeah, 100% so, agree. Although, speaking of sports, I do have something, because I don't think I've told you this yet. Um, on our way back from our adventure um, back home, we are driving back through the States partially. Um, to shorten up some of our driving days instead of going through northern Ontario. And uh, one of the places that we're stopping in the United States is uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. (gasps)
0: That's going to be so awesome. Are you able to see
1: anything? Uh, Well, I might maybe convince Reva to uh, take a stop at uh, Lambeau Field. Oh, very fun. Um, Because the atrium will be open and I can go in and cry again. Um, (laughs) Like I did last time I was there. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it wasn't really a hard sell to convince her. Because I was like, well, okay, if we do it this way, then the drive, we go from Green Bay to Duluth, the drive's only, like, six hours. And then Duluth to Winnipeg only, like, six hours. And so it, it kind of shortens up some of those last few days, which will be nice. Um, but, yeah, so we get to go to Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I texted my friend Erin and told her. And she was like, "Well, Clay Matthews be there? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, probably. radar on me it's it's gonna be on a Tuesday so the chance of Clay Matthew's uh, being in Green Bay that day is about a hundred percent.
0: That's pretty cool
1: yes indeed so anyway that's uh that's the only other sportsy thing I got for today
0: just don't do what Chris did which was go to Manitowoc and take a picture of the sign on the water tower
1: And <laughs> uh, no it's okay we won't do that. Um, No, we are, uh... Yeah, so that's all. I think that's all we have for today. We did a pretty decent episode, all things considered.
0: All things considered, that we threw it
1: together with about a half hour notice? Yep. Um, and after, like, I've left the house that we're staying at, we left at, like, 10.30 this morning and got back at, like, 11 o'clock tonight. Um, and, uh, then I said to Kelsey, I was like, okay, we'll start this around midnight my time, but then it was a little bit later because, you know, I was doing laundry and stuff. Um... And I was talking about photography with someone, and anyway, just things things were happening. Um, but we have like an hour and a half worth of stuff. Great. And according to my computer, three hundred eighty three hours and ten minutes of room to talk about Taylor Hall. So
0: love
1: it. It's good. Can't wait.
0: Unless unless someone gets us an interview with him, and we can just put
1: this pain to bed. Yeah, we just put this baby to bed and just stop it.
0: And just stop and just. I pretty much just quit life after that, really. Oh,
1: yeah. That That'll be the crowning achievement of my lifetime. Of
0: course.
1: Um, okay. So, thank you. Uh, thanks you. Who talks like that? Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you can find us on uh, Stitcher and iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play. And apparently SoundCloud is not going anywhere, so we don't have to, like, find a new host for
0: our podcast. So, that's it's nice. Um, do you, have any, like- you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Garbage Fire uh, I'm at Garbage Fire
1: Kels, and I'm at mig-14
0: and we have an email address GarbageFirePodcast.gmail.com. at we Please send a website GarbageFirePod.wordpress.com.
1: Yeah, please send us emails and stuff because like the only emails that we get are from like a couple subscription services and they kind of suck. so like you know
0: send us emails.
1: unless you yeah. hate us, then please don't. Please don't And
0: if you hear like oh my god, just why stop listening bothering. Like, I just don't do this to yourself. Yeah. i watch Peaky Blinders.
1: Like, we know this is trash. It's called the Garbage Fire Podcast. <laughs> I literally, I don't know what you expected. Oh, just
0: fulfilling expectations since
1: day one. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, thanks so much for uh, playing along and, and, and listening to our book club episodes, if you happen to do that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And thanks for listening to our regular episodes, if you are also doing that all the way through. I don't know. Uh, And we will be back, hopefully, next week um, with another episode. Logistics might be a little tough um, for recording, but we'll do our very best. We'll
0: do our best. So until then, see you in the dumpster.